Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Garmer, here with me, as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And I have a lot less hair than last time. Got haircut finally. So um, that's probably the only good news I got today. Uh, unfortunately, as it seems to always happen, you know, tragedies in life come at you unexpectedly. Uh, I've had to be on air and talk about my dad's mother passing, my dad's father passing, and now my mom's father, my grandpa, on the Venezuelan side, passed away today, did not. Uh, is one of those I get a call that he's going to the hospital. He's been kind of like in and out of the hospital recently. Yeah. Um, and my mom tells me that it's like not something that he's been going to the hospital for. It's like he can't keep his oxygen levels up. And then I'm at work and I'm by myself. Uh, normally there's two supervisors plus the boss and other people, but I was kind of by myself. So it was really hectic. There's a bunch of new people. Uh, new agents, so I really wasn't able to look at my phone, and all of a sudden I see texts of it's getting worse, and there's a lot of people coming, and uh, and I was like, okay, well, I guess on our break I will call, and by the time I go to my break at 7, I get the unfortunate, my mom tells me that my my Ito passed away, and it's, it's uh, obviously really sad. I'm just recording, we were supposed to record last night, <laughs> It was really weird because, you know, my girlfriend kept telling me, you sure you don't want to do it tonight? Force yourself so you don't have to do it tomorrow. And I was like, I mean, I'm not really feeling it. Uh, then tonight it's like, uh, you know, I'm just kind of one of those people that like, I know I have to work tomorrow, fortunately. So I, I don't know when there's going to be a funeral or anything right now. Probably by yeah. this weekend we'll know something. <sighs> but, um, the saddest parts of life when someone has to leave it, unfortunately. Very, very disheartening and sad. We are going to talk about video game stuff today. Speaking of sad. <laughs> yeah. Sad that we're still having to go through this ridiculous um, thing with Sony and Microsoft as the UK has decided to further investigate the whole acquisition. And, you know, Jim Ryan feels that it's all inadequate. At least the deal that he was made at Microsoft. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about our, I guess, pretty much final thoughts on Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and Soul Hackers 2 between Mark and myself. And also we'll, we'll talk about Tencent making moves and some other things that's happening. And that'll happen all after we get to this here. <laughs> You are listening to Video Games to the Max. All right, and just letting everybody know, as usually do here off the top, if you are listening to us for the first time or you're listening to us for the manyth time, we always appreciate you and thank you for finding us and hoping you will enjoy what you hear or watch today and want to subscribe for more. You can do that on our YouTube channel, WT Network on YouTube or on Twitch as well. Uh, which you can watch us live on Twitch. And then, of course, it's there on demand. And that's, we're always available on YouTube on demand pretty much 
if not a few hours after, then the next morning for sure. And we are also live on other things uh, like our Twitter, WT Network on Twitter, and normally on our Facebook page. But this week, I'm not doing that out of respect for what happened. I, I don't know how other people in the family and friends would feel uh, right now. Not everybody takes things the same way. And of course, uh, we're also available on the podcast land. Anywhere there are podcasts, you can listen to us there, whether that's Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you'd like to listen to podcasts. We're there for you. And of course, you can go visit com and other things. So um, if that is all here for the housekeeping, we are going to now move it along to what is happening in the news. And I, I just mentioned we might as well start from the top here. Uh, the news of the day and of social media and everything else, um, as we're recording here in the wee hours of the Thursday morning, is uh, Jim Ryan basically letting everybody know a what was once a private matter is now public. Uh, after, you know, the UK decided to go into further investigation about the acquisition of Activision Blizzard King by Microsoft because they believe that is possibly could hurt Sony and their position in the market. And obviously, once there's new consoles, when players have a choice to make, uh, it will affect that choice with Call of Duty being a potentially Xbox exclusive. Uh, Jim Ryan then came out and said that there was an offer between uh, Phil Spencer and himself for Xbox and Sony to make that a further prolonged deal of three more years. The Activision deal that exists right now with Sony is a three-year deal. So that would be basically six years before Microsoft would have the option to make the Call of Duty franchise console exclusive which you would think they would do, but, you know, a lot can happen and a lot can change in six years. And, you know, also in that you have Microsoft saying that they are going to be putting Call of Duty, Diablo, Overwatch, and other things that they acquire in this deal on Game Pass as basically a, you know, benefit of Game Pass, as you would expect. So that's another kind of thing that would, obviously affect the market is if you're buying something for $15 a month or you pay $70 to own it outright on the other system. So I wanted to just kind of like go over basically everything in a nutshell before we started talking about it. Mark, I mean, is it something? Is it just nothing? I mean, what is what do you make of this whole thing by Jim Ryan and, and this, this kind of spat with Phil Spencer about this current state of Call of Duty. Uh, I don't believe what Phil Spencer says about how they want to keep, how they intend to keep it multi-platform or that's like, his like, Oh, we're trying to get games up to more people, not less. It's like, well, your posturing about Bethesda proves otherwise. And also no, like I just, I, I don't believe that. And, and if they, if they actually did mean that they could, I, it's funny should just say, if you if you firmly believe this, split off Call of Duty and make it an independent studio, or not, I mean, or second party at least, and you can put it on Game Pass, but it'll still come to come to Sony platforms, and then uh, see, him, yeah. see him walk that the fuck back and be like, no, no, you know, because they're not buying. At, I mean, 
they can say all they want to. They're not buying Activision for King or for Blizzard. Oh, well, they are buying it for King because they definitely want to get into the mobile market and actually hey, have franchises. Th- those there. those are mean, nice benefits. I'm not going to, or those are maybe like uh, reason two or three, but reason one is Call of Duty. Well, no doubt. No doubt that Call of Duty is a big reason. And it's not, I mean, but, if they said, if they if they said like, oh, we're buying this for King, be like, someone should be like, well, we're not going to, fine, go ahead. <laughs> you know, we don't care. Well, but I mean, okay, that's, they're buying it for everything. They're buying it for all those franchises. They're buying it for, uh, for King. They're buying it for Blizzard. I mean, come on, man. If you can revive Blizzard, imagine how much money, even more money you can make. Like, See, so that's the other thing, honestly, is given Microsoft's track record lately, that's not a surefire thing anymore. Or it's not like I have a ton of faith in them right at this point in time. I mean, but I'd much rather them be with Microsoft than be in that cesspool that is Activision. I mean, so hey, I mean the, the they got rid of most of the people who were there or that were you know shitheads. It doesn't matter. That like, culture continues. So mm-hmm. as long as Bobby Kotick is running something gaming related, it continues because that dude will never change. Like they need to get them away from all of those bad apples over there. Remove that whole stigma from them and have being being in a what better work environment might actually help them make better games. Yes. Is all of Microsoft stuff taking a long time to get made? Sure. Is there turmoil when you look at like what's going on with Halo Infinite? Sure. We'll get into that in a little bit. I did mean, see, yeah. Did you see the uh, Matt Booty interview or the clip that he said, or the, the thing that about he wants to replace QA with like a with like robots or AI, and it's like, yeah, that's I mean, a, that's, that's a nice little benefit if you have if QA is actually unionizing and you can say, oh, we don't need you guys anymore. But then, or could you maybe not have to work them so hard? Well, it's like what happens. Also have, yeah, what happens when the when the robot or the AI unionizes? Then you're really screwed, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, what if they become, you know, sentient of what's going on and they decide to... Uh, they, want but, a, they, want, they want a 9-to-5 job, they're not going to work out 24 hours. <laughs> I mean, like, Microsoft can say whatever they want. They want Call of Duty. And I, I just don't think... I mean, the U.S. might let it go, but I don't think a lot of other stronger governments or stronger labor, labor governments will let this fly. Yeah, I mean... At, at least not about, like... Some like written and serious provisions that say like no Call of Duty will be on the PlayStation for the next fifteen years or something. <laughs> I mean, but that's that's my thing though. It's like, is this really bad if that happens? Is it what? the worst thing in the world if they end up having to sign some agreement that says Call of Duty is ex- is not exclusive, cannot be exclusive for the I mean, length no, of. But- you're not the one paying $7 billion for Activision or, or whatever. You I know, know, but like they're <laughs> going to make a lot of money regardless. Yes, but they but, still want, I mean, Game Pass is important to them, obviously, but they still want to say you can only buy Call of Duty on Windows or on Xbox. And sure, there's a PC version out there, but no one cares. But if that is like the, the big feather in their cap of like Call of Duty is only on the Xbox, then <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love this comment from a, a Twitter user, uh, GZDR Forever here. 
The solution is simple. Break Call of Duty into three licenses. Modern Warfare, Ghost, and Black Ops. Let Microsoft pick one. Let Sony pick one. And the third one offers a publisher that will make the last game multiplayer. I give, uh, give it to uh, Nintendo. See what they can make with it. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what we need. Just get involved in Nintendo, too, while we're at it. Um, no, but, uh, you know, that, I think, in a perfect world, that would actually not be uh, a bad a bad thought. But honestly, I just don't think it's that big a deal. Honestly. you it's, Why can't it be like Minecraft? You you make your money from it being on both consoles. You still get the be- win of being on Game Pass. People because will- yeah, they ahead. aren't coming out with mine, a new Minecraft every goddamn year. And it's but not it Minecraft is not the number one selling game every every time it comes out. Okay, but still, you make money from the fact you make money off the top of every damn one that gets sold on PlayStation. Like that's and, and, and don't tell me that they're not. They're making plenty of Minecraft here. Yes, okay? but Minecraft also like, isn't like a system seller for most people. It, it, it's if, it's if, still a self-selling point. If it's still okay. if Microsoft said tomorrow, "Hey, Minecraft, we're, getting, we're yanking Minecraft off everything else except for Xbox." I mean, there would be some small. There would be some backlash but most people would be like shrug and go okay you know no 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 don't shrug there's a lot of kids that play minecraft there's a lot of adults that play minecraft yes it's not fortnite but it's very close to it it would make a big it would be a huge thing to take that off of those other consoles and only on pc and xbox i mean that's uh, you know, I mean, I guess it still would be on phones. Maybe you take it off Apple, I guess, so so you can do your thing with uh against Apple. I don't know, but I just don't think that at the end of the if it comes down to that, if say not only the UK, let's say the EU gets involved, um, I don't know that Asia would necessarily care, um, but. I think Japan might. <laughs> I don't know that Japan necessarily. I mean, yes, there is a lot. Uh, maybe China more so than Japan. But like, for the, let's say that those countries and and parts of the world that do care, and they're they're, you know, let's say have an issue with whatever competitive problem this this causes, if you have to continue to make it on Sony platforms there. I don't, I still don't think with the, all the other things that you get from this, which is the entire, the possibility of reviving a lot of Blizzard's properties and actually giving them like a good look for once. And they can people be excited about what's going on I mean, there. You know? Well, two, two things. First of all, like Minecraft isn't on officially on the PS5. Like the Xbox Series X and S has it, but not PS5. But well, then, second, fish, yeah. Well, I mean, they have a PS4 version, but that it, that's not current gen, or you know, like. And I assume it that, still like, works on PS5. But if I it assume, ever gets to the point where it doesn't work on PS5, I'm sure if they came to Xbox and said, "Hey, we want to make a PS5 version," I don't think they would say no. Uh, second of all, as far as like Blizzard properties, like what do you, like what what are they going to bring back? I'm not talking about bringing back things. I'm talking about just giving things a... How bad does World of Warcraft look right now? How bad does Warcraft in general look right now with how much they have damaged it? Like, StarCraft is doing basically nothing. Uh, I mean, could they bring that back? Like, you were talking about uh, not too long ago, 
uh, what if what if Microsoft said, "Oh, StarCraft goes. That's that's the thing again." You know, like I, I literally I literally played that last week. Yeah, I know. And I'm just saying, most people don't have access to that. You have a yeah. You know, <laughs> you have an original Xbox that can do those things. But I'm just saying, there is a lot of I guess hope in this that you know, with Phil Spencer being such a huge fan of those properties that we would see those properties come back. I mean, Activision, you know, getting that Tony Hawk three and four remaster, all those other things is, is a plus of this deal, right? Aside from the King stuff that we talked about, that is obviously a play for Microsoft because they're trying to get into the mobile game space. Uh, they're already doing so much more with PC. The Blizzard stuff helps with that as well. So I don't know that this is the end of the world if some of these countries and all that make it to where COD would have to be on Sony in those regions. I don't think they're going to kill the deal if that happens. I just don't, I don't see it where it's like, okay, well, the deal's off. Forget it. We're not even going to bother with this. Like they're going to fight. I'm sure they're going to fight until there's no other recourse for them. But I think at the end of the day, if they have to sign an agreement, I mean, that's yeah. why I don't I, I don't buy them when they say like, oh, and they keep saying like Call of Duty is not that important. It's like, no, it is. Please, please just crop the Well, pretense. I mean, it's <laughs> just like, you know, Sony can claim that it's inadequate, right? The deal. But to Microsoft, it's not it really isn't the end all be all of gaming. There are other and things going on. Like I said, they can drop they can drop the Call of Duty part of the equation. Will Microsoft they? Microsoft, what that, I'm that, saying. No, yeah. never. Yeah. <laughs> Right, but what I'm saying is they're trying to just do whatever they can to get this deal passed, and I think they will do that. I think if that they're not, I I just don't think to me if it, it shows everything. If they go, oh, guess what? We're just not going to let this happen. If that's what it comes down to, I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. And I think that ends up showing that to Microsoft it isn't the end all be all because there's other things that come out of this deal. And then they buy EA if they can't buy it. I don't. And then only sports games will be on. Then I think they will be seriously. At that point, I think if you buy EA, then I think you, um, when you go to these, when you have to go again to all these different countries, uh, governing boards, I think that's when you really are. It's really tough to say you're not going into a competitive problem at that point. Well, every, um, I mean, aside yeah. from football, every other sport has some, at least some competition. I mean, I don't think hockey does, but who cares? Uh, I mean, right now, the competition for FIFA is very slim, considering how bad eFootball is. Right. So, you know, Microsoft is grooming their player base into not buying and owning games anymore. Plenty of Twitter spaces and tweets saying a Callisto Protocol isn't on Game Pass, they ain't buying it. As someone that always preaches about Game Pass... I don't disagree with you there. I do think that that is a that is going into the entitled generation that is coming and is here anyway, period. We must have everything on this service. If we don't have it on this service, then I ain't doing it. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that movie. I'm not buying that that album. I'm not whatever it is. I'm not buying it because it should be on the service regardless. I do think that that's messed up, that people won't. I will still, I mean, listen, I I do, as someone that, that has to think twice when I buy a game, you know, I have to really consider, is this a game I'm going to play? Is this a game I'm going to spend time with? 
am I doing what I would do, let's say, two or three years ago? I'm buying this to talk about it on the podcast, write something about it, and then I'll never really play that much on it. That would have been me a few years ago when I had much more disposable income to be able to do that. As someone that, that has a kid, that's that kid's getting older, things are getting more expensive. I'm having to really think about what games I buy. So does Game Pass and PS Plus help me out? It sure does. But when I'm done with Xenoblade, the first thing I'm probably going to go do is go 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 buy that Cult of the Lamb because I've been wanting to play that game. Who knows if it shows up on Game Pass before the end of the year or not, or next year or whatever, just like Death Store. I bought it. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It showed up on Game Pass at the beginning of the year. I wasn't mad about it. Cool that people got to play it. But I do agree with you. It is in making a lot of people feel like if the game ain't on Game Pass, and I know it's not one of those things that Sony owns or Sony paid a bunch of money to keep off Game Pass. Well, quite honestly, we don't know anymore with these third parties, what Sony paid money to keep off Game Pass or not. It, it's it's honest. I'm, I'm not going to lie about it. I do think that that's, that's an entitlement that a lot of people have now that Game Pass is bringing. That is, and Game Pass is a reason why they have to acquire these franchises because as much as, as, as cool it is that you have Avowed and Grounded and Outer Worlds and all these other franchises that exist within the studios that Microsoft already owns, they aren't bringing the outside people. They aren't bringing the casual. That's why they had to make that deal with EA Play to get casuals into Game Pass that love those sports games that aren't already the the hardcore gamers like me that happens to love sports games to go and, and see what Game Pass is about, right? So... What a better way if you're going to introduce this dongle and this app that you're going to introduce into all these TVs that it comes pre-built in. Freaking have Call of Duty right there on the freaking cover of it. What a way to get people to go, you're telling me I get Call of Duty for 15 bucks? Hell yeah, I'm doing that. Not, I'm not talking about me personally. I really don't care about Call of Duty, quite honestly. This isn't about me. I do not give a flying F about Call of Duty. Um, I care about some of the other stuff that that's coming along with the, this deal for the gaming community at large. The number one selling game for how many freaking years, at least in the United States and so many other uh, regions. This is a, a huge deal that does make a difference for Sony, but I don't know that it weakens their. Would you say that it actually weakens their state in gaming? Say this deal happens with with no problems. I mean, does it? Yes. That is what I've been saying since they announced this deal. <laughs> All right, it's there's no question about this. If like it's like, uh, let me ask you this: Did Madden not being on the Dreamcast hurt it? Yes. Case fucking closed. Well, sure, yeah, but you know what? We got a whole new, different kind of football out of it. That two yeah, case series exists until, now because of that. Not for football though, because EA had it was such a threat to them. They had it. Well, Find another way to kill it. Well, yeah, EA was smart and found a way to monopolize itself. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but it it was a big enough problem that they had to figure it out. They just couldn't do it on the basketball end, so 2K won out there, and now they're trying to win out with golf of all things and, and getting Tiger Woods on the cover. So, um, and then apparently getting the better end of the amount of pro golfers that are on in that game or whatnot over the EA one, but still. I just don't. I don't. I don't believe in that either. I think that Sony has enough. If it that, was a, 
if yeah. it was like a B tier or C tier series, if it was like, hey, X, you know, Microsoft bought Volition and only Saints Row is going to be on Xbox, or Microsoft bought, oh, who's like a good, who's like another, like the Destroy All Humans developer, and only Destroy All Humans is going to be on that, or like the WRC, for, uh, whatever the fuck that, that developer is. Like the World Rally Champion games are only going to be on Xbox. Code Who nice. cares? Or uh, Nacon, yeah. Yeah. Um, Call of Duty? Yes. It may not be your franchise, but it's everyone else's, essentially. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not saying that it doesn't make a... I'm not saying that it won't make some people think about, should I just go ahead and buy an Xbox? No. I'm not saying that it, that won't happen, but I still think that most people are going to buy the system that they want to buy regardless because it's the amount of games you could still, until we see it happen right now, let's, let's say we get to this six year mark or whatever it is that they wind up signing 15 year deal. What if Microsoft just says, you know what? It's been happening so long. Who gives a crap at this point? That's my right. point. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, I'm saying if they, keeping, if they, if they keeping put it Call in, of Duty, we, yeah. If they put it in legal writing, then sure. I'm sure Sony wouldn't bat an eye then. They, they're not going to care about Diablo 4 really being on PS5. It's nice. I mean, I'll, it's going to be on... Yeah, I, well, okay, well, whatever next game be, like Blue is going to make, because yeah. Overwatch 2 is going to be on there, and so is Diablo 4. 4. But, like, right. if they put, uh, you know, Blackthorn 2 on PS5, on only Xbox, gonna, Sony's going to shrug and go, okay, you know, who cares? Yeah. But not Call of Duty. You can't, like, lock up the number one franchise for the past, you know, 16 years. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I just, part of me believes that it won't happen at the end of the day. That it just won't. Something will happen to where they, they cannot lock it up. And then that's the point, is that everybody gets what they want. I know part of also what he's complaining about is that they still want, now, which I think is unfair on uh, Jim Ryan's part. Oh, we want to get the best version of Call of Duty. Well, no, you just want to be able to have all the perks that you have with Call of Duty and not have to, like uh, like our good friend here, GZD Forever, is saying, and not and you're not having to pay for any of it. Um, well, I think yeah, you pay, technical right, parity, technical parity yeah. is fine. You know. I mean, I don't think that they're going to just, they're going to make... Uh, the PS5 version worse. Uh, that's not really what I think he's more worried about, like the whole, oh, well, Xbox is going to get the DLC first and Xbox is going to get this first and all that. And I kind of like, get it from a certain standpoint, but it's like that. That's never that's always been a business deal. That's never like because I think a, originally it was Xbox first and then PS or Sony right. like bought it for a while. Yeah, like, I you get know, that point. But you're paying, that's the point, you're paying for that privilege, right? So Microsoft is paying for that privilege now, and but you still want that as well. Like, that's that's kind of like, well, why don't you, why didn't you guys pony up the money for Activision? It's like, uh, would this make Sony finally have to do a little bit more than uh, what they just did this week of uh, putting in a stock price, uh, buying more stock for From Software? Maybe so. Maybe they have to have to sit there and uh, sow their oats with uh, Square Enix finally that they've been basically doing for the better part of the existence of Square Enix, quite frankly. 
uh, aside from the times when they didn't exist and it was Nintendo. I mean, if I'm going to bring back uh, Resistance. Uh, no, I don't think that would require uh, Gorilla actually wanting to do anything with that. Wasn't so, Gorilla kills on though? Or it's kills on whatever. I yeah. don't think that they would. Gorilla already said they have they want nothing to do with Killzone, so that's right. not coming back. I think SOCOM would be the one to bring back if you're Sony. Like, no, find find someone. That's the closest thing you got to Call of Duty, quite frankly. No, it's not because it's third person. <laughs> okay, but you can make it first person though. Is there but something like, against making it first person? Also, like, like so, like the closest analog to like Call of Duty, like at least in the Sony front, would be like. It would either be like Resistance or uh, Killzone, right? But they would have to take it out of Gorilla's hands and let somebody else make it, which they could do, I guess. They own the I mean, hell, they own the Bungie, IP, but or make, yeah, make but but Bungie been, said Bungie said they don't want any of their games being exclusive. So, and that was part of the deal. Would Sony go back and and break it? I don't know because I guess that's part of the contract. I don't know how their their contract works, but I mean. Yes, could they first party not be able to make a, another Call of Duty? I believe that totally. Only really the folks making Call of Duty can make Call of Duty, quite frankly. But this whole like we couldn't make any competitor ever. I I think that that's just that's bollocks because it can be done. You just have to have somebody that actually does it right. I mean, Battlefield just has sucked so. Well, it, you know, that, and then if it can be done, it would have been done already, and it hasn't. Has But has anybody cared to as well? You have to put in the money to do that, and I think that's that's the thing. Sony doesn't want to put in the money that it would take to to do that, because they, they can't, really can't compete with Microsoft on that level, to be fair. So, I get that they feel like this is unfair, because they don't have the money or the resources to really, what that Microsoft does to go and buy a whole publisher like they have here with Bethesda and Activision Blizzard now, but I don't know. I think this is both spats between two corporations. Who cares? Uh, at the end of the day, nothing's happening to your PlayStation five and nothing's happening to your Xbox. They're both going to be here. The regardless of how hard or not so hard they are to find, uh, they will be there. And uh, Sony will live on. They'll be all right. They'll keep making their God of Wars and their whatever. And, you know, they might have to decide to do something they don't want to do by publisher themselves and have to deal with that. The thing is, they're expanding in, in another way that Microsoft's not. They're trying to get into movies. They're trying to get into TV shows. They're trying to get into do the PC thing. Uh, and I get that. It's, I don't know if that's less costly or more costly. I, I get it. They want to make f- multimedia franchises out of these things and not just focus on the, the gaming part. And they don't want to lose anywhere. So they're fighting for their, for their audience. And I get that. And I think that's fine. But I think it's, I think it's crying on both ends, quite frankly, uh, crying on Jim Ryan's part. And then also, but this is, this is very much like the Bethesda thing. Phil Spencer can't come out and go, Oh, well, we have an intention at some point to make, uh, uh, this exclusive desk boss because they can't say it. They literally cannot because this deal's not done. Yeah, but then once so, the, the day the date the deal is done, then he can say it and will say it. Yeah, but even then he's never he's never officially come out. They Starfield is a new franchise, so he can say that. 
we still have no word on what's going to happen to Elder Scrolls, what's going to happen to Fallout. Will that be exclusive? Most likely, maybe yes. But he's never officially went out and said, you will right. not be able to play Elder Scrolls 6 or Fallout 5 on your whatever he, Sony console. Yeah, he literally just said why he can't say that, though. So He can, though. That deal's over. He could say that, right? Bethesda's bought already. If he oh. wanted to, he could say that. He can't. Well, he can't say it because that would screw up the Activision one. Because Sony could point to that and go, "Look, like, right?" He, but he's before, already said it. You know, he like, could have said it before. Before they never because this wasn't planned. They didn't plan on buying. It's basically Activision kind of was like, uh, "Can somebody please buy us?" And Microsoft's like, "Well, hey, wait a minute, really? You want to get bought? Okay." So, I, I, you know. I, I just think that, yes, is the precedent there? They have to make a play for either EA or Ubisoft for uh, COD. There was Medal of Honor. All they would need to do is buy EA and get respawn devs to make Medal of Honor great again. What do you think about that? I mean, Medal of Honor is kind of... They've tried with Medal of Honor before. But... I mean, I know Yen's like the soundtrack to the first game, but I found Medal of Honor to always be kind of a shit franchise. I mean, they could buy EA and basically try to make Battlefield right. But that would take a lot of doing on their part that they would, again, have to spend a lot of money to do. Bring back the EA beard father from Medal of Honor. Yeah, I I wonder if EA, because EA keeps trying to go to all these multimedia companies, right? Like, I wonder if EA would sell to a Sony or something No, because you said last time that. Wilson still wants to be in charge, and no one's going to say yes. Yeah, I don't think Sony's (laughs) going to be down with that. Yeah, I mean, since Sony and Tencent are kind of okay with owning the same thing, maybe the Ubisoft could actually have. So, you know, because Tencent, of course, not only did they put in a bigger stake in from software, they now own a, was it a 10% stake in the actual, like, I guess, being able to make things happen. Part well, of the voting, voting Yeah, chair. voting right. And then 49.9% of the actual like shares. So, yeah, between From Software and Ubisoft, Tencent is making some moves. I mean, they've been making moves for a long time. So it's not like this is anything really new. They keep doing this. They buy stakes in companies and then see what they can do for China out of it, right? Because Ubisoft does uh, make things for Tencent as well already. Time to make the real Assassin's Creed China game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you make anything of this, really? Not really, because Tencent, for all they invest in stuff, they actually seem pretty hands-off. You know, I, that's a good business idea. Same with, like, same with the Saudis and SNK. You know, they're not going to buy a company and then say, hey, only make a pro-Saudi game. They're going to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing and earn us money, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that this, I mean, this is perhaps a big deal in the, again, we've talked about Ubisoft seems very willing to let people kind of invest in their company so they can keep doing the things that they're doing. They have, you know, they have that Ubisoft forward happening in a couple of days and they've really been promoting the crap out of the fact that, you know, they're going to have Assassin's Creed Mirage, they're going to have Assassin's Creed Infinity stuff. Um, they've talked about the Division free-to-play which I uh, forgot that was happening. <laughs> Heartland and the, of course, Sparks of Hope that's coming out next month. So 
Uh, bless you. And then Thank you. do you think that somebody else comes into play here for Ubisoft? Or do you think that like at some point Tencent just says, all right. Um, well, no, I think they can't even do anything for like how many years was it? They can't do anything with uh, upping their how much they own of Ubisoft for many years to come. So just it's a it's a kind of like a weird thing. But I guess if it keeps the lights on for Ubisoft, that's a good thing at the end of the day. Well, it's it's funny that both EA and Ubisoft want to be sold. They want to have like the, the president or CEO remain. This isn't how that works. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's kind of why like Ubisoft's kind of like just, OK, you can invest in us. Uh, yeah, as long like, as you don't control anything. Yeah, sure. it's like the Tencent thing. Like, they own 49%, but they only have, like, a 10% voting share. And it's like, huh, like, that's interesting, you know? Yeah, so they've invested a total of, like, $297 million uh, at this point with, with the 49.9% uh, economic state that they own. So, again, I mean, that's putting in money in uh, Ubisoft's pockets and the, and the Gimo family pockets. While also continuing to make, you know, uh, PC titles for China and, you know, mobile games as well. So there's a obviously a give and take on both sides for that. I'm more down on the line of like the less total takeovers that we have. Like I really don't having 30 minutes of our show have to be us talking about a stupid acquisition, uh, quite frankly. Um, the more we can play things on whatever console somebody owns. Uh, the more I am happy uh, about that, really. Yeah, cool that we can put things in Game Pass or PS Plus or whatever, but, you know, really, I just don't think that this is um, the best thing for gaming for this to happen because there's usually another side to this, which means a lot of people lose their job, and it's not not great, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, thankfully, we haven't really heard anything about Microsoft like letting people go because they have the ability to afford uh all those people but not everybody can do that and we've seen the bad side of these acquisitions happen um i i can't wait till we hear about embracer group having to dump a lot of people because i still don't know how they keep having all these acquisitions happen and they are in so much debt as it's well, it's incredible it, yeah for them it's like they they're they're you know they're waiting for like their big ticket game or you know they're I wouldn't say they're Elden Ring, but like something on the level of like Saints Row Three, and it's yeah. like, well, you got to. They're waiting for that big franchise. Yeah, yeah. and it's like uh, I don't think Saints Row and Destroy All Humans Two is going to cut it there, bud. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? well, especially when the Saints Row that people have been waiting on was not it, right? And it's like, oh, keep waiting because that's uh, now they got to hope that I guess they can do something with Lord of the Rings, which again, like. Uh, the stuff that people wanted has already been done. Um, so I don't know that having solo movies of all these characters is going to be it, but sure. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully those yeah. merchandising rights are, are what keep, keeps it on for you. That said, uh, another Chinese company making ways with, uh, NetEase fully acquiring Quantic Dream. Of course, them of the Detroit Become Human and the, Star Wars game that's being made, and uh, we just talked about a new game that they were making not too long ago. I mean, I don't know if this helps them as far as like the negative side of Quantic Dream, right? The 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 part that 
that people don't like to talk about, but I guess it helps uh, Quantic Dream be able to keep doing what they're doing. I don't really know what to make of this one, really. I mean, I see it as NetEase trying to dip their toe into actually making a, or at least owning a studio that can put out like a proper game. Yeah, I guess, right? Um, and I'm sure actually that, I mean, they have Grasshopper, but like they're not yeah. great. I mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> or at least they aren't great anymore, let's say that. They used to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they make, what is it, like, uh, you know, the the Dollypop Chainsaws and all those kind of... Yeah, but that was, that was a decade ago. Like, the last right. game... The last two games they made were uh, No More Heroes 3, which, no. And Travis Strikes Again, another, like, No More Heroes thing. Like, I think goes a port. And that's, like, yeesh. Mm. Yeah, no no doubt about that. I just... I, I love those games. Don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, Suda 51 had a lot to do with why you like those games as well. But I think... Yeah, Grasshopper is not. It's a niche developer. It's not something that's right. They're that. not yeah. like the. They're yes. I mean, say what you want about Quantic Dreams games, but like they appeal to more people at least. <laughs> I mean, especially they, when you you're making a Star Wars game that already <laughs> right makes a ton of people uh, want your game. Um, as Star Wars Eclipse, I forgot the name of it there for a second. But as uh, I, I think it's fine. Yeah, I actually yeah. thought that Sony would buy them at some point, but I guess they didn't. Or... Yeah, uh, I was surprised, really, that they never bought them, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, because, like, they'd already work basically like a second party for them. Right, exactly. Uh, like, the only... I think the only game that was, like, multi-platform was, like, Indigo Prophecy. And that's barely... Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, but ever since uh, their... the first game, Heavy Rain, they've been all Sony all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's fine. Or, you know, it's not, they haven't been embraced by Embracer Group or some other, some huge conglomerate didn't buy them. It's just a, a slightly bigger company bought a smaller game studio. Again, it's good that uh, that keeps happening for that company, per se. But again, not great that we just keep seeing this. And again, this won't be the last one. This just keeps happening as uh, the inflation and everything else keeps happening. We're probably going to see more of this because unfortunately people are going to have less money to do things with, not more money. So, you know, hate to say it, but yeah. Uh, so anything you want to see from that Ubisoft forward in a couple of days or, I mean, they're going to put out at least two Assassin's Creed games, uh, Mirage, and then their proposed or purported like multiplayer one. That might be interesting, but that's about it. Like, I'm sure they'll have more. It's not just Assassin's Creed they're showing up. It's like Ubisoft crap. So I'm sure they'll have like more Mario and Rabbids stuff. Uh, probably some awful demonstration of Rock Band or uh, Rocksmith. They'll probably show an, or show some stupid new multi-sport game that no one will care about. And they're finally gonna say, "Screw it, Skull and Bones is not part of the Assassin's Creed franchise." Yeah. I don't think Skull and Bones was supposed to be part of the Assassin's Creed franchise. Um, but, I don't know, I think the Quantic Dream Star Wars game will be fine. Like, right. their games aren't functionally bad. They're just functionally weird. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, moving on here. Uh, it's one of the big announcements here was uh, for this this week, Cyberpunk uh, 2077 is getting a new expansion. Phantom Liberty. So 
Uh, they had talked about this at the beginning when Cyberpunk was coming out, obviously. And they kept delaying and delaying it. And then pretty much they had to, they finally came out with it. It's surprising that this is, um, they finally had to getting, fix, had yeah. to, well, they first had to fix the game and finish it. And <laughs> it took all this time until they <laughs> announced DLC. Sadly, uh, Cyberpunk didn't turn out the way, you know, they wanted to. Right. And I, I'm kind of amazed that, I mean, I guess they had to, but I'm amazed that, they're still supporting it or like putting this out in the first place. Cause like, it's kind of like throwing good money after bad at this point where, you know, I, people aren't going to buy that, you know, who's still buying that game. I mean, they're trying to blow out copies of the game for like six bucks on at like best buy at some point. That's why I got another copy of it. Yeah. Like I, I always um, kept seeing it for 10 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I might have got it for ten. I mean, that might not have been six, but yeah, at least ten. <laughs> it's one of those where I'm just like, now I wonder if it's um, you know, gonna be something I want to go after, uh, because this from what I saw from the Night City Wire, it looks pretty interesting. You know, now that it's like a cheap price, I think I'm I might definitely check it out. It's not normally I just like I didn't like uh, Witcher because it's just uh, there was like too much. And I felt like I was never gonna finish it, you know. I so got bad news for you then. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, at least Cyberpunk has the cool premise, you know. Yeah, but it just it just goes on forever. Like that's a problem. And then, like as far as it has an interesting premise, but like the game is so glacially moving, like plot wise. It's like, oh god. Right. Is there anything like that you saw from it that? Uh, like I said, the, the most impressive thing to me is they're getting Keanu back, personally. That's about it. Like, I, I just don't want to spend... I don't want to spend any more time in that world, personally. It, like, it can be fixed bug-wise. It just doesn't feel fun to, like, shoot people or to, like, use your abilities. So that's kind of a fundamental, like, at building problem of that game to me. <laughs> so is it something where you feel like this is going to... Because they're not doing anything else with the PS4 or Xbox One uh, versions, right? They're doing a little bit more just uh, only only stuff with the new gen and PC. They're going to do a couple of updates for the PS4 and Xbox One. They did that Edge Runners one that added stuff from the anime, which uh, that trailer looks pretty sick. I'm, I'm excited for that anime to come out in a couple of days yeah. uh, to watch it. It was interesting after all the backlash from Cyberpunk that um, Keanu Reeves decided to come back and be on that. Uh, I mean, but, I'm sure they're paying him. So that helps. He has, he has to like, yeah. you know, learn learn uh, choreography for a fight scene for six months or anything. So it shows up in some record or some recording booth somewhere and they do it. And he's like, all right, cool. Because they're, I mean, they're, they got his yeah. model. So they're not going to like get him back in studio to do anything, probably. <laughs> yeah. He was like the only interesting character in that game, personally, to me, at least to me. So, even though he's a, a construct in your mind, you still kind of need him. Yeah, it's <laughs> I guess because he's such a big part of the you know the main one story that you have to right. put him on this. It'd be funny if, if this isn't actually if this isn't new Keanu lines. It's just all old recorded lines from the, like you know he did it two years yeah. ago. <laughs> it's uh, something that to me like. Weird to see. Feels like there's much more, you know, good stuff being said now about Cyberpunk instead of 
it, it has been, I haven't played it in a while, but I know it has been like patched up enough to be playable or to be, you know, functional. Right. But like I said, for me, it's just kind of a fundamental problem of like playing the game. It just, it just never entirely felt right. And I'm sure all the cool shit I used to be able to do in my busted version of the game, they, they fixed or, you know, there's like one ability. There's like, I think it was like an ability in the game that could like one shot anything just for like robot enemies. Like it could take down any human enemy. And right. it's like, this seems a little over, this seems broken, but I'll allow it because it makes this game a whole lot easier to play. <laughs> yeah. Or there was like some item dupe glitch where you could basically like create infinite copies of this like one painting and it could sell for like ridiculous amounts of money. So it's like, all right, that's, I'll allow this glitch as well. But like the other stuff, it's just no. This is a little too screwed up. Yeah, uh, I mean, at least they did try to fix most of that stuff. Uh, to be fair to them, and, right? Uh, they did say that they're gonna try to do more with the Cyberpunk uh, franchise uh, going forward. They're just yeah, but they not also said do... this is they're only making one expansion. So it's like, what else are they gonna do? Like make another cartoon? <laughs> you know. Are they going to get Keanu Reeves well, back? Well, that's, the, yeah, that's the, what the they TV said. Show. I think they're trying to do more with it. So I guess if the anime is successful, they could do like another offshoot of that. Or I think yeah. like, as a property, it's fine. Or maybe even as a movie, it'd be interesting. But I mean, they're not going to make a Cyberpunk 2, at least not anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, definitely not. <laughs> the way that they make games, um, pretty sure Witcher's going to take a while. Right. Uh, Witcher 4 or whatever they're going to wind up calling it. Um, they are supposedly going to make sure that the Witcher 3, like, current-gen version hits this year. They're still aiming for that. But, I mean, yeah. The way that uh, the amount of si- the biggest, the size of their games and then just, like, everything they put in it, um, they take it, hopefully now that they learn to take their time. And... I think it also helps that they're moving to Unreal as well. I think that's another thing too. Like they want to get out of this red engine, so they don't want to make any more expansions for this game. Uh, for that too, see that that's the kind of a core fundamental problem is their games don't need to be that expansive. If their games are cut down by half, if not more, <laughs> right. like that would be fine. Like I actually thought for me, the best Witcher game is Witcher Two because it's like a thirty-hour game, and it has pretty it has like clearly delineated chapters between like land masses it's not like some big open world sprawling adventure game i don't need a hundred plus hour witcher game where you know there's like 20 hours of like actual interesting content and the other 80s like well hunting this griffin again or you know i'm hunting a different griffin fun (laughs) (laughs) it's really uh it's just it's good to hear that they finally are going to come out with this um sometime next year uh, and they're going to be able to try to do a lot of the things that they weren't able to do with rushing out Cyberpunk 2077, uh, fix a lot of the, you know, whatever they felt was not done well. I think a lot of people were saying, like, the police oh, should yeah. have a bigger role, you know. Um, well, the police and the Cyberpunk were, like, screwed up because, like, they would just, like, be on you, but they had, like, the dumbest AI ever. Like, they couldn't get over walls or, like, you know, couldn't get around basic and they also like wouldn't like let you like it was like really weird behavior. Uh, I mean, like, is there anything else you think that should get fixed and or I guess, I guess it, added on to? 
it, it's it's just been too long for me to play. Like I, I did, yeah. I did see one cool mod that someone did on the PC where they basically put in flying cars. Yeah, and I was like, that's cool, and it looked pretty functional. Like I'd hire that guy to like make it like a real mod or something, or make it like a real mode. But that's kind of about it. Uh, I mean, hopefully again that uh, now Cyberpunk gets to keep getting better news made about it instead of the wretched situation it was in before. And this expansion helps that uh, anyway, and, and improving CD projects, TD uh, project reds uh, standing and everything just, you know, let's improve the not having crunch culture and actually trying to make things a good thing for your devs and, and all that. And I think that will help as well, at least. Uh, forgot to talk about this. I usually try to talk about this at the beginning because it's, you know, stuff that, uh, this, what, what's coming to PlayStation Plus and, and Xbox, but we do know the essential games for this month, which you can go claim right now. Need for Speed Heat, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and Toem. Uh, I will definitely say that Toem is a great indie game. You should go check that out. It's like, I guess, Pokemon Snap with more of a storyline. And, you know, the little quests that they have you do mean something. Um, so it's definitely something with heart that you should go, uh, check out. And have you, you play Grand Blue Fantasy, right? Or no, I, okay. I don't. I've, I've been looking forward to other Grand Blue Fantasy game for four years now. And right. The relink one. Yeah. And nothing. <laughs> well, but you like these. Isn't this kind of similar to the Guilty Gear or? Maybe I have no opinion. I have no knowledge of it at all. Honestly. Okay. Well, now there's your chance to to go check it out. You can get it on the. And it's like, well, you can play two games, and you can also play a crappy uh, Need for Speed game. Where to go? Yeah, there's that too. Um, for the extra and premium folks, uh, which you know that would be me as well. You can play Death Loop, which I already own. I bought that last year. Assassin's Creed Origins, um, always a good. It might be, well, I don't know. You're the one that's played these. Where does Origins uh, rank in these newer? People are, I think I saw it on Kotaku when they announced this. Like, oh, the best Assassin's Creed game is on PS Plus. And I'm like, what, Brotherhood? Or, you know, Black Flag? And they're like, no, Origins. And I was like, you guys are high on dust. Like, <laughs> yeah. No no way is Origins the best Assassin's Creed game. It, it is functional, or, you know, it is mostly fine, but... It suffer. It's like it's like Witcher three, like just too bloated. So, yeah, I mean that's where you you always say that it that's started where, the. Yeah, that's where it got really starting to get bad for me personally. So, yeah. So I mean, I, like I've always wanted to, I guess, try these out because they're more of the RPG vein and less I mean, of the stealthy. Oh, for free? Uh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I've thought about it sometimes because I did like the the um premise of Valhalla, but it's just like when you told me it takes so long to even make I mean, a dent in that game, I'm like, uh No, Val Valhalla yeah. does speed it along quite a bit. Okay. I, was having, I was having that discussion with Jens, I think, a few weeks ago about like Odyssey takes like at least a hundred hours. Yeah. If not way more. Uh Valhalla takes about sixty. I mean, you could go a hundred or hundred and fifty hours if you really want to do, like get every last right. thing. But like the mainline story quest takes about sixty, maybe even like quicker if you can actually like mainline it. Which Fair enough. You could. I mean, 
So, yeah, compared to those games, uh, or you know, Odyssey and Origin are way too bloated. The Hollow is a little bloated, but still is like at least passable. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you could say the same, like for what, you know, I've been through with Xenoblade of just, it is, you could technically probably beat it in 50 hours. I don't know how, because the enemies that you fight at the end are like level in the late sixties, early seventies and the final boss at 75. So, um, I had trouble with the final boss to the point where I had to repeat the whole freaking series again. Um, so, and then my guys are at level 80. So like not, I, it, it's good to hear, I guess you can mainline it, but I, I really don't know how people mainline Xenoblade in like 50 hours because you need all those extra side quests to gain levels unless you just grind it a certain amount of time or something. Yeah. Uh, you get Watch Dogs 2. The best in the series. Yeah. Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. I don't know if you ever the played that. The worst in the series. The worst <laughs> in the series. A bad Dragon Ball game. <laughs> uh, two great indie games, the Sprint, uh, Spirit Fair, Farewell Edition, and uh, Chicory Colorful Tale. Um, two games that I loved a lot. Um, the Monster Energy Supercross. Alice Kid and Miracle World DX, which that's the like remaster or remake or whatever of that. And uh Rabbids, the the Rabbids interactive TV show, Raymond Legends, which is pretty great, but I think that's been like everything at this point. It'd be kind of like more surprised that people don't actually own that. Right. Um and then Scott Program versus the World, the the one that came out uh recently, the, the remaster. The, the busted one. <laughs> yeah, the busted one. Uh, and then they finally added again some, uh, some of the classics, uh, Sly Collection and Sly Cooper's Thieves in Time and Bentley's Hack Pack as well. Always happy to see Sly, uh, get its time. So glad to see that that's on there. And then Toy Story 3, which I've heard is actually not that, not that bad. It's decent. Yeah. Not the PSP uh, version though. Not the, yeah, not the <laughs> PSP version, but yeah. And then Kingdom of Paradise as well coming to the PSP. Um, so you do get some classic titles there. Any thoughts on that, or you kind of most play of everything? Stuff, I think yeah, most of the stuff is fine, but the Toy Story three PSP version, it's like what the fuck. <laughs> well, I guess they want to say that they're adding PSP games. I don't know. That's um, fine. I mean, hey, add PSP games all you want, but like the to- Toy Story three, really? Like, you, I mean, you guys have PSP games you could easily add to that thing that you I'll own flat out. That you're not doing. Moving on here. Uh, we also have the uh, Xbox. The first part of the month for Xbox. You get the Disney Dreamlight Valley game. Which I've been waiting on. I'm probably going to. If I can finish Son of Blade tomorrow. Maybe Saturday I will uh, get into that. See how it goes. And you get the Founders Edition as well. So I guess you get more stuff. With it being on, on Game Pass. Um, Opus Magnum. And Train Sim World Three, which they're they're just trying to be the home of the Sim games uh, at this point. Which I guess you know there's an audience for that, right? Um, Not on that console, but you sure. <laughs> <laughs> also on PC, right? You got to that, that's that where it is. Well. Yeah. Train controller. <laughs> Ashes of Singularity uh, Escalation, I think, is uh, PC only. The DC League of Super Pets. They always try to add these family games, so not surprising. Uh, you suck at parking. Looks like it could be fun, perhaps. 
And then uh, you get the Despots game and a game I've actually been waiting for uh, for a while, the Metal Health Singer coming to PC and Series X. So, And then you also got the Grid Legends that came as part of the EA Play. So uh, there's some good games hitting there. Uh, uh, they have not been, you know, the sparkling kind, but quite frankly, with all these third-party game releases getting delayed, I think that made Xbox's, like, you know, opportunities some pickings there, uh, to be honest. So, I don't know. It's a little bit of that and a little bit of, you know, Sony blocking stuff, and I don't know. Uh, this Activision deal could also make it to where they have to pick and choose what, what they add. They can't just be adding everything. Also, just a reminder that things do leave Game Pass, so if you're wanting to play a Plague's Tale, the first one before the second one comes out next month, that's leaving Game Pass. So I would pay that pretty quickly in the the last week that it's there or just go buy it because it's been on sale quite a few times. I'm probably going to have to go. Uh, I own the disc, but because I don't like having to put the. You're I don't think I've ever put, put a. Disc no, I don't think I've ever put a disc in that damn console, quite frankly. Well, it's time for you to start. A uh, <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy 13, I guess mm-hmm. I could. Um, do that. You cannot play again. Yeah. I love that game. That game's, I, I that Final Fantasy 13 gets more bad rap than it really deserves. I, I enjoy that game. Uh, Lost Words Beyond the Page is definitely a game that you know, folks should go, uh, check out an Artful Escape as well. Go buy that and play it if you haven't, or it's short enough. You could technically go play that in the last week that it's available if you haven't already. So that's what's coming to those services here um, within the next week or so. And what else have we not talked I meant to talk about this when we were still talking about that Microsoft and Sony thing. But I have to express, even though I probably wouldn't have used this feature, to be honest, uh, because, you know, I don't really have, unless, you know, my daughter all of a sudden decides that she wants to play Halo with me. I don't really have, you know, friends that live in the same. All my friends are kind of spread out across the United States. So I would play like online co-op, which you can do. Right. Um, but apparently, well, you can do whenever that feature comes to, um, Halo Infinite. So they've again pushed back campaign co-op Forge beta and season three, uh, to sometime within. Uh, the next year, and then the new, the third season that they've been promising for a while has also been pushed back to March 2023. And then also, you know, they've kind of just been having to take hits and hits and hits on, uh, Halo Infinite, quite frankly. And then they just decided to axe split screen co-op. Um, lots of rumors about it just, this wouldn't work with Xbox One having to be involved in this, right? So they would have to make it to where you could play split-screen co-op with, I guess, a Series S and X or uh, an Xbox One. I don't really know the reason. They have not given the reason of why. They said that they canceled it because they need to improve and accelerate ongoing live service development and better address feedback and quality of life updates. And I guess this was kind of like a thorn in their side of just, we don't, a lot of people aren't going to use this, so why put it in? But you it, put it in because you promised. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. 
I hate it when companies do this. They promise things and then they go and go, ah, you know what? This is too much of a hassle. Forget it. At the end of the day, are they kind of right that, yeah, most people are not going to use this? Yeah. Are a lot of people not going to use this? Yeah. Is there a workaround that's out there right now? If you go watch some videos? Yeah. Apparently, if you get out of your party or whatever fast enough when the game's loading, you could technically have split screen co-op, apparently. Um, but I'm sure they will patch that out or whatever, and you won't be able to do that. Um, either way, um, the thing is, you shouldn't have to go that route, right? You shouldn't have to do all that. You should. Fr- frankly, I think this is kind of horseshit. People were upset about Halo 5 not having it, and then they promised. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you know, ask 100, 100 fans or 100 people playing the game, what do you want more, like live service stuff or local co-op and the majority will say local co-op it doesn't matter if they're going to use it or not they still want it yeah i just uh and it's not like their roadmap for their in for their live services stuff is like working out anyway and also as far as resources go if microsoft doesn't have the resources to support halo which is their current or at least there should be their number one franchise they're fucked like how are they going to handle Call of Duty? <laughs> yeah, um, I, mean, I saw the I saw that... all the I, I saw the uh, hashtagging over the weekend about like fire the chick who runs three three four three. I don't know her name. Uh, I think it's just something or Lucy. No, or, Bonnie. Bonnie uh, something. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I I chalked it up to a lot of like the misogyny, internet misogyny that goes on. But also, yeah, look at their track record. It's not good, or it's not like their games mostly are still fine. But like, think about how different the track, the, the games from like Bungie are to this. Like, they've only had have they had like a universally like beloved game? Not really. Or all of their games have had is- have had issues. Even Infinite, like Infinite, from what I've gathered, is like a, a fair, a, a decent enough game. But like, dumbass stuff like you can't replay missions or like this co op thing, like. It should have launched with co-op, and if it couldn't, delay the game. Like I don't, I'd rather have co-op local and or online than not have, than like having an online microtransaction store. And they're gonna, the fact they're going to bolt that shit in a uh, Master Chief collection is just gross. Yeah, that doesn't make any like. Why are you putting that into a game that's already been out? Like it's just well, it's it's also like so you don't have the the resources to put it to put in local co-op for Halo Infinite. We had the resources to screw around as like this three or four year old game that when it came out barely functioned in the first place. And, and you've now- actually gone through the the ring of like working hard and making it work and actually making it really good co-op or not co-op, sorry, multiplayer. And adding stuff to that multiplayer though there's still seasons of that going on. And then you're gonna add in this crap that people don't want and it's yeah it's just uh like i wouldn't say fire her or yeah her name is bonnie ross i wouldn't say fire yeah. her i'd say fire 343 or you know get someone else to take a crack at it who has a clue <laughs> well no i mean it's not like the multiplayer is bad it's just uh it's the season content like they seem to have a problem with you know the having to make it seasons and having to do this battle pass and having to make this like timeline that they have work. 
uh, it just, they keep having a delay and delay and delay. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not great when, I mean, your, your campaign's gone, your campaign's done pretty much. And what you have left is multiplayer and you can't get that right. Yeah. It's like death by a thousand cuts because yep. it's just going to be bleeding, slowly bleeding the player base over like little by little. It just sucks because of like, like the campaign was actually really good. And then the multiplayer was, is, is good on its own. It has positive things about it, but it's just like they have absolutely soured people on this game. And it just yeah. has that same, like now it's getting into the same like levels of Halo 5 of just, just a negative, 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 negative. Um, you know, I, that's the comparison I was trying to make with Cyberpunk earlier of like Cyberpunk went from negative to kind of sort of positive now to Halo went the absolute different way. And it was funny because Phil Spencer has a quote that if like, if we mess up Halo, you know, we basically messed up everything, you know? So I got news what, for you, Phil. <laughs> yeah. What does that say that you have messed up Halo? Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, and, I would say their like yeah. last good Halo game was Halo Four. Yeah, like uni- universally good. Like Halo Five still has like good reviews, and right. so does Infinite, really. But as far as like unapologetically, like everyone seemed to like it, is Halo Four. I, I mean, unfortunately, the things that you're messing up is what sticks with your game. It's what people keep coming back to your game for. And, and it won't mean what, what could people, what people could keep going back to game for the campaign co-op keeps getting delayed too. So it's just, it's not helping, um, yeah. at all that you seem to not be able to get any features out whatsoever. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's an absolute just devastating thing to see. And yeah. then that all they care about is seemingly adding in more things of ways to make money with it. And it's, it's frustrating. To a lesser extent, it's kind of the same path that Gears of War has taken. Yeah, I mean, at least they had the wherewithal with Gears of War, just like giving it a break. Well, they had to because uh, I don't think the last one did too well. <laughs> but, no, I think it did okay. It's just it was hard to gauge with the fact that you know that went into Game Pass at that point. So, um, and then also like you had that Gears Tactics thing, which I think no, that was enjoyable enough, but like you know that's that's a whole different player base at that point. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I mean, they used to come out the Gears of War game every two to three years. And yeah. Since Gears Five, nothing, and no, like no, even like mention of it, or like, hey, we're secretly working on Gears Six or Gears right. of War Infinite or anything, you know, something like that. No, we're definitely not. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I'm I'm glad that they're kind of not talking about it. So if they do have a Gears Six in mind, they can just kind of surprise people with it and not. Oh, well, we know what's coming, so just might as well announce it. Or, Play as Marcus know. Phoenix again, finally. <laughs> yeah. You know, with all these uh, big announcements coming soon, you know, you got the Disney uh, Marvel thing. You got the whole D23 itself. You got the Ubisoft Forward. Um, I'm sure there's others not too far away. And supposedly there's a Nintendo Direct that might be happening next week. And according to Jeff Grubb, um, there could be announcements of the long-awaited, long-rumored uh, more games that were on Wii U that can then be put on Switch. Um, the remasters or whatever of Wind Waker and Twilight Prince, or ports, I guess, of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess being put on Switch. And then the remake of 
Uh, Metro Prime 1 also might be announced at this thing. Do you have a care about any of these? or? Uh, I mean, having uh, Wind Waker on the Switch would be nice, I guess. Uh, Twilight Princess would be a detriment to the system. <laughs> um, I just... Hey, I like Jeff Grubb as kind of a person or personality. I just don't believe a lot of his news nonsense. Uh, yes, he's wrong, like everybody else. Um, he, he's the yeah, he's the one who's been champing, like, keep going, like, oh, Microsoft, or not Microsoft, sorry, Nintendo has this Metroid Prime remake that they've just been sitting on for the past year and a half. It's like, why would they? You know, no, I mean, technically, they're sitting on Advance Wars right now, too. I mean, it's not. Yeah, but that got announced, the, or that got yeah. shown, and that is like a legitimate reason. Well, I just feel reason. like they're waiting to do it in tandem with some big news about Metroid Prime 4. That should have been when right. they announced Metroid Dread, or when that game came out. No, because that's a whole, that's a different thing, right? That's more of a 2D representation. So, like, people are waiting on Metroid Prime 4. They're waiting to hear something about Metroid Prime 4. And I think in the lead-up to, okay, well, okay. now we really do have a roadmap for Metroid Prime 4. Here's Metroid Prime 1. Okay, here's the th- yeah. here's the problem with that with that theory. At what point? How much longer can they put that game in the back burner of it being supposedly done before it gets to look old? I mean, if all this stuff is supposed to come out on a Switch and we're not going to have a Switch Pro, it's all going to look old. But I mean, if that game comes out within three months, then hey, that's fine. But if they're waiting for Metroid Prime Four news, which is already a very turbulent development cycle and they're like oh we'll have news for that in two years so this proposed metroid prime one game will be on the shelf for like an additional two more years it's like good fucking luck yeah um, i just don't uh, hey well i I mean it's not coming in three months because i don't i just don't think they're gonna have another big game come out in this year i think they're pretty much set with pokemon and i can see uh, ports of like Wind Waker and Twilight Princess coming to Switch, no problem. Yeah. Or if they said, like, hey, here's a collection of all the old Zelda games, uh, a little up up res to, like, modern, or to, like, a, a TV, including all the old handheld shit, as much as we can get on there, uh, you know, go for it. But I just don't see Metroid Prime 1 at all. Because at some point, something about that game would have leaked out. Especially if it is supposedly finished. Or, you know... However, whatever he thinks, or whatever percentage is done, there'd yeah, be some, uh, there'd be some janitor at Nintendo who has a cell phone and take a video of it. <laughs> oh no, you're right about that. I mean, it feels like everything leaks. Look at how all the Ubisoft cannot go one cycle of Assassin's Creed without a, the Assassin's Creed game leaking. So you would think that something as big as Metroid would have leaked. I mean, look what happens to Pokemon every time they announce it. Uh, something leaks about it, so. Um, yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. It probably would have leaked by now. I mean, that would be a big surprise if they do have that announcement in the bag for that Nintendo Direct. I can see them showing like, a, that, like but... you know, a tr- like a uh, title screen. Like, hey, we're also working on this. But as far as it being like a finished game, no. I don't think you can show a title screen of Metroid Prime One Remake when you still have shown nothing of Metroid Prime Four. I just don't think you can do that. So if this thing exists at all, you got to have gameplay. You got to let people know that you've been working on this thing and it exists and it's there and it is coming out soon. 
not another freaking title card. And it's like, oh, well, this will come out at some point. I, I feel like they have learned their lesson and they're probably not going to do that ever again where they do a just oh a title card. There you go. Uh, they now know they have to have something to go with it. I don't know. That's just me. I, I just don't. You know. I, I just don't. Everything else f- perfectly fine or more, you know, could happen. Metroid Prime 1, no. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, definitely do think that those, uh, that Wind Waker and Twilight Princess would. Yeah, it's already done. It's a matter I mean, of time. Yeah. You just gotta like fix them up a little more and then push them out the door and be like, here you go. Right. It'd be nice if they were one package. That, that'd be really nice, but they're not gonna do that. All right. So any thoughts you want to give on before we get into like our last topic, uh, Soul Hackers 2? Uh, did you finally beat the game or you were pretty almost to the no, end? I, I, yeah, I did finish it yesterday or like okay. pretty late yesterday. I mean, how you haven't played it, have you? Or you didn't finish I've it? I've played the first part. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is going to sound really, really reductive, but it is like baby's first Mega Ten game to me. Like, you know, Shin Megami Tensei game. Okay. Uh, I don't mean that like in a bad way, but like the party management is nil because you only have over four, you only ever have four members. Uh, the social aspects are pretty bad. Uh, fusing is fine because you can't actually, you can't fail that, which is helpful. Or at least I never did. And I fused a lot in that game. Uh, you will definitely want to have the cheat items on because it was funny <laughs> listening to you talk about the, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 boss. Because when I finished that, when I finished Soul Hackers 2, I was level 99. Like I was already maxed out. Oh, really? And, okay. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, ha- like, because of how easy it is, or just. No, because I cheated. That game oh, is okay, like. You cheated, okay. See, that game is weird because it's, it is a mostly chill game, but ha- it has like difficulty spikes, like for bosses only. Okay, so, yeah. So like, I cheated on the boss, and then I became completely overpowered, and then <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Like the last boss gave me a little trouble just because it was like very, I didn't have like every element in my inventory, like in my arsenal to like attack it with, but like I still did yeah. fine. And it's funny because Kotaku put up a guide, I think like last week, saying like, oh, this this one secret boss is like the hardest boss in the game. And I took it on and like beat it my first time because I was so yeah. overleveled against it. <laughs> Well, but I mean, okay, so but you didn't really over you didn't over level it yourself. You you did the right cheats. because, like yeah. I said, you can't grind out experience in that game. Yeah, which that's dumb so, too. So, like I said, it it basically forces you to cheat or forces you to spend money on DLC. Does sort of like do you? Is that a part of the Shimigami Tensei series of like they don't want no. you to over level uh, or okay no ah. Uh, not really, but you could. In Nocturne, they, they, that HD remake in Nocturne, they put in like a same system, but that game is still bounced well enough that you don't need to use it. It's just very helpful. Yeah. Uh, but this game, like I said, like I said, I couldn't beat the second boss. So I'd be curious if you play when you play the game, like if you can beat that guy on your, you know, when you face him, and then if you right. just say, you know, fuck this and start cheating like I did. <laughs> Oh, so you bought DLC, or you just used the like cheat engine stuff? No, no, I, well, I have it on PS5, so I bought the DLC. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, the dungeon layouts are pretty bad, but they're just very samey. Or some of some of them that do you make it to that Soul Matrix thing yet, or no? No, no, I'm literally like at the beginning. Oh, okay. I, I just I had made the decision of like, okay, I'm just gonna finish Xenoblade, write that review, and then I will focus all my attention on 
Soul Hackers too before I go into FIFA mode. So, um, so like, yeah, the Soul Matrix is basically the mementos from Persona Five. Okay, but it's not randomized. I don't, I don't think, but it's like this like very like boring looking dungeon, pretty much. That that's what I heard. That it's like that's part. It's supposed to be cool, but it's like really not. No, it's all like yeah. geometric shape. It's just all like squares and cubes and. But like there are different layers to it, or different sections. Like the first two sections are fine. The third section is a little annoying, but the fourth section is like a goddamn maze where it's like all these portals that aren't that make like no logical sense. So you'll end up you're going like one portal and end up in a completely different area. And like one one, there are three characters. So three of these soul mazes. One character I had to look up like a YouTube video because I could not figure out how to like go progress through this, like, one portal maze. And like, this is a nightmare. And there's, like, there is a map, but it's pretty bad. Like, it doesn't tell you, like, oh, you're doing this one, and it leads you here. Like, that would have been helpful, but no. Yeah, that but, sucks. I mean, I, mean, I that game was, like, 35 hours. Uh, That's a positive. Play... <laughs> for having to go from a one-hour, 130-hour uh, game to well, like. I cheated. I mean, like I said, I had that DLC. So, I mean, I assume if you didn't, it would take a lot longer or take marginally longer. Let's say that there's a new game plus, which I have to do to get like the platinum trophy. Uh, there are, there's something called soul levels in the game that like, that's like your character relationship meter. Like as far okay. as like, and that's about soul, ma- the soul le- or the soul matrix, I think is what it's called. Cause that like opens up gates and that thing for you, like the dungeon. Try to keep that somewhat the same way to each character, like around the same level, I would say. But that's kind of like my one big hint. And that's like through co- a character conversation. It'll tell you like, oh, it'll, your level will increase by like plus seven or plus eight with like a dialogue choices. I don't know. Does it, was, it like do anything for the game? Or? Well, you unlock uh, those gates, which you, you can progress further in the dungeons with. And then it also unlocks like passive bonuses for your character or for the character. So like, oh, if you if you use this character and inflict wind damage against enemies, they'll, they'll get like two demon stacks instead of one. Or like this character will now have an ability to uh, let you dash in dungeons temporarily, which you will and should use all the fucking time because it is a life. It's such a time saver in that game. You get abilities to basically like run fast and uh, stop lower level demons from appearing or enemies from appearing. And when you're level 99, that helps out quite a bit because nothing fucking shows up except for like the occasional rare boss or like rare, you know, side boss or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was fine. I'd probably give it like a seven. Uh, it has a really bad story, though. <laughs> that That is what I've heard, that the story is not really interesting. Um, there are like yeah. a few uh, reveals or like surprises that I didn't care about because I didn't care about like, right. the story, like the main characters at all. Really, I got like the main character herself is kind of fine, but that's about it. And the funniest yeah. part to me in that game, honestly, and I'm like, I don't know if I mentioned this or not last time, but uh, Mil- Milady. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's still dumb. Uh, characters occasionally call it like. Uh, Milady, like some like weird combination of Melody and Milady, but it's like just call her Milady, you idiots. Yeah, it's or, it's funny because like in Spanish we have 
that name. It's very it's not an uncommon, but it's a name you see in Spanish a lot. And we just it's called you say me lady, you know? Yeah. Like, so like I was expecting it's like, oh okay, we have a and then it's like they say it in a weird way, and I'm just like, that doesn't sound natural at all. <laughs> like it sounds like we try to make this sound cool and it doesn't at all. Yeah, like the main character like your main character's name is Ringo. Yeah, Ringo. And it's yeah. a female character, and it's like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is this? Or your uh the other character is named Fig, but it's right, spelled F I G U E. Yeah, that's and it's like who who translated this game? You know, why don't you... I don't know if it's translating or they just tried to think that this would be like there's like interesting. The other two characters' names, I think one is called Suzo. Uh, yes, Suzo and um, oh, Arrow. Yeah, main, yeah, and it's like what well, a dumb name, also. Like, so yeah, it's a. I would say it's a fine enough game, uh, or Sizo. That's the other guy. Yeah, uh, but it isn't true. I think it's just lacking overall. I mean, I might have to buy. I may check out that one DLC character storyline because I've heard that's like a little better. Uh Right, but and yeah, like I said, at some point the dungeon layout just really got, got to be really annoying, especially the last dungeon where you're like it's like a multi-floor dungeon and you have these areas that you can either like go up or down in, but it doesn't correlate at all to the map about like where you're entering or exiting from. So it's like this is this is a whole lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing that uh, I don't know. I didn't hear a lot of great. Uh, thoughts on the game outside of the like the battle system apparently is pretty good. It's, it's easy, yeah. or yeah, it's it's mostly functional. So I'm I still want to experience it myself because you know just like to enjoy the RPGs. But you well, know. you got the codes, so you kind of have to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I I know I know what you mean, but uh, just it was kind of like one of those. Well, it kind of sits where I thought it would. Um, yeah. So it's it's a experience something experience coming off like the high that I'm going to have here with Xenoblade. So it's also funny because I I did look into it a little because I was curious about the trophies and I, I, like when I beat the game I guess I like stumbled into the good ending by accident. Oh, <laughs> and it's like wow okay that's a good ending like imagine how shitty this bad ending is. <laughs> yeah, not like, much for that. Huh? Yeah. Any anything else you want to? No, I find another hidden object game bundle I want to buy in Steam, but it's expensive. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> and I bought uh, uh, a, yeah, few, right. a few fun Blu-rays, but if you don't care about that. Xenoblade, <laughs> uh, um, at the end, basically. So I haven't experienced the ending itself, um, but uh, I'm at the final boss. Um, the it's like, I, I think it's a, a journey that has been... It's all worth it. Like I got done with all the hero quests, so I got all the heroes, and I did all their like second quests that they call ascension quests in this game. They're all well worth it. I mean, just I feel like I totally got my money's worth out of this game, just enjoying it that much and enjoying the characters and everything else. Like I think people that maybe have like some kind of bad thought from the series or didn't if you didn't like two because it was too anime or whatever. I think this grounds the series so much. It's the best storytelling in the entire series. Uh, I think they're the most likable characters in the entire series. Like it deals with themes that I think we can all sort of understand. And 
uh, kind of sympathize with, especially with, you know, what's going on now as well. Just, I, I don't know how any more superlatives to lay on, on this game. So I will just say that I, if it comes down to like game of the year time for people and you're thinking about, you know, it, there's a lot of people that put out that whole, Hey, what did I miss from this year? I'm going to say that until I'm blue in the face. This is one people really need to check out. Uh, because I think you will be, you know, completely surprised by how great it is and, you know, how like much it's not just the main characters. It's also like all the hero characters are like worth like giving them their time and enjoying what's in the colonies and even doing little, little side quests that you think aren't that important. Even those little stories somehow have like a meaning and a feeling that they give you when they're done. So it's it's pretty cool to finally see Xenoblade like get its just dessert. I just hope that you know as the series continues, they keep improving in that and not um, digressing, as you could argue that at times Final Fantasy has. So uh, that's really the only game I've been playing because uh, I'm trying to push through to the end so I can write the review and then get on with Soul Hackers and anything else I'm going to play before, you know, FIFA comes and becomes a big thing that I'm playing for a while. Um, so uh, that being said, I did have a topic here for us um, that involves this sort of revival that we're seeing with horror games. We've talked about this, I think with, uh, you know, with game, the Gamescom opening night live and, um, the Summer Games Fest that it felt like almost every other game that got announced on that thing was a horror game. And even when they did that, uh, was it the, the play on thing? One of the big games they announced there was that Alone in the Dark is coming back. Uh, I mean, now you got Bloober Team with more supposed rumors and leaks of their perhaps doing a Silent Hill 2 remake. And then also you had the System Shock remake folks that gave credit to Resident Evil 2 remake, basically starting this all over, making horror games kind of in vogue or whatever. Like, do you think that that's kind of where this started? Like Resident Evil 2 remake being so successful just kind of led people to being like, hey, horror games, maybe that's going to be the next thing. Kind of, but I wouldn't put it on Resident Evil 2 because, like, first of all, Resident Evil has always been around. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Resident Evil 7, that was a pretty good game. Or, you know, the only, like, the only bad Resident, like, mainline Resident Evil game was Resident Evil 6. Because that was not a horror game. That was an action game, primarily. I don't buy doing a Silent Hill 2 re- remake is, like, hilariously stupid because you would have to, st- people would want to start with the first one. I mean, uh, Silent Hill 2 is the most, it's, I guess, it's beloved one. Right? Popular, sure, but, like, you know, people want to start with number one and then go forward. Uh, right. I also saw, like, this is not part of news, but I saw, like, Konami, like, re-upped uh, the, like, the Suikoden yes. copyright. And, uh, oh, people are speculating, like, oh, they're going to make another one or, you know, they're going to do something with it. It's like, they're going to make a fucking slot machine out of it. <laughs> or, you know... <laughs> That's about it because that's they don't have anything else to do. They they don't have yeah. developers anymore. You know what? Are, what are? I mean, if they want to put it out again, that'd be cool. But that's about right. it. Like you can't do anything because you don't have anyone to do it with. Like that hundred year or that hundred character game 
Eladian Chronicles, whatever it's called, they should add eight more characters to that and then slap the Suikoden name on that instead. <laughs> um, yeah. Ayudian Chronicles is probably going to be the, the closest thing you're going to get, really. <laughs> so. Right. Well, that's the spiritual sequel or, you know, all the old members are working on that. Yeah. I would say, I mean, Resident Evil 2, it w- it's a good remake, but horror games have always kind of been around, or since at least Resident Evil 1, like, you know, 1995 or whatever. Like, yeah. They're more. I mean, in- but it, it feels like right now, there's a lot of horror games getting made. See, right? the like, problem. The problem with that is, like, you could, I mean, Resident Evil 2 might have started it, but then like, no one cared about Resident Evil 3, <laughs> really. Well, no, no, it's, yeah, like, the remake of 2 kind of gave it this, like, all people were all of a sudden really interested in, uh, you know, like, Resident Evil all of a sudden took off again and being even bigger, I guess, and then got people excited for Resident Evil 8. Uh, right. Three, the remake of three wasn't as well received, obviously, because they changed a lot from the original three. And then, you know, now you got Resident Evil 4 remake happening. So um, you even got a lot of people to try out the Resident Evil 4 VR, I think, because of all the hype. Um, yeah. So but like right now, think about it. Like you've got Alan Wake 2. You got the Calypso Protocol, the Calypso Protocol. You got the Dead Space remake. Um, you got the if this Silent Hill two remake remake is happening or not, uh, we don't know really. Um, I know. Alone in the dark coming back. I mean, like it seems like quite a lot. It seems like we're just we're really trying to to kind of have a rena- uh, renaissance of horror games. So if we're bringing back, you know, we're bringing back franchises, right? Like. Is there a horror game franchise that you're like, ah, oh, man, I kind of like to see it come back? Nightmare Creatures. Nightmare Creatures. So. I- I'm kidding about that. The one I would say, and it's not a horror game, or at least not overtly, would be like Parasite Eve. Yeah. It has some horror game, you know, survival well, horror elements. Horror, uh, Parasite Eve 2 is much more of a horror game, or like survival horror, yeah. at least. That was like yeah. basically straight on Resident Evil 2. Uh, that would be cool. Uh... Yeah, I, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd love to see Clock Tower come back. That would be ever, awesome. If they could. Did I ever tell you I, I I used to have that game? This was years ago. I found it at a local uh, used store, like thrift store, yeah. complete for like five bucks, and I bought it and I sold resold it like the next day for like eighty five online. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> but I don't blame you though. Right, that's a that's a steal right there. Uh, I like the suffering. That was kind of a cool game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Fatal Frame is actually coming back eventually, or yeah, Fatal Frame will come back. That's one that I loved as well. People say Dino Crisis, but they're stupid. No, no, that's. I think that's more action than horror. You know. Yeah. Um, One interesting. Well, Condemned would be cool. I like that. I'm surprised they haven't tried to bring back Condemned like Microsoft hasn't. But they know. don't they don't own it. I know they don't own it, but like that was something that was, you know, big with it was a launch game for what the three sixty? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you would think that they might try to push for that. Um Yeah, uh, it's obviously it'd be cool if Konami could make the you know, their own Silent Hill, not 
have Blooper Team do it, but I, wow. I just wasn't a fan of the medium because of just I thought the story was sort of interesting in a way, but just I wasn't a fan of the way they did the game, you know, and it it really wasn't scary per se or right. horror per se at all. Um, if the, I don't, you know, who knows if they're going to be able to do that with Silent Hill, but yeah. Make another blood rain. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know if we'll ever see uh, Evil Within three. I doubt it. But yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, the second one sold that well. I mean, I think it was a better game, no. but I don't think it sold that well. Yeah, it was a much better game for sure. Uh, I agree with you. I think it didn't sell well. Um, could we ever get another Internal Darkness? I mean, they tried, right? The spiritual successor, no. and then that that is way way gone or. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, they tried that, like, what, the Kickstarter thing they got. That like, was one of the ones that, like, they stole from them. Like, they point kept blank, trying. Right? They tried, like, yeah. two or three times. <laughs> and it didn't. Uh, Layers of Fear is another one that uh, they're getting that. They're making that second game. And then you still got the Dark Pictures anthology as well. Um, right. It's still coming. So, yeah, it feels like right now we're definitely in a horror game kind of mood. We're, we're getting a lot of Four games of me, so um, for me, yeah. I'd say for me, like the, my number one would actually probably be the suffering. I thought that was a cool game. I never yeah. played the second one, but the first one was really neat. Like an HD remake of that would be cool. I mean, I I'm happy that Alan Wake Two is happening. I mean, yeah, that was one of my favorites as well. I'll, so. I'll be really curious what they do with that. If it's going to be like the first game, or if it's going to be like how how the first game should have been. Yeah. I think Control really did prove they they can make. I mean, it's not open world per se, but Control proved that they can make a very large ass environment game. You know, basically in Metroidvania or something like that. I think they said that they wanted to do that. Well, that's what the that's yeah. what the first game was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like open world game, but then they didn't have the money. So, well, I don't know if it's going to be open world, but I know they did say they wanted to make it more like the way that they did the the expansion or the DLC, where it was a little bit more, uh, yeah, you know, actiony or, um. But we'll see because I I love both the DLC and the um uh and the original game. So you know if they can get this to work and it's great then i will be all for that uh another series too this uh siren that game scared the crap out of me back in the the ps2 days so would be cool to see that come back but yeah uh would will um will embracer group bring back legacy of kane you know that's uh that's one people have been clamoring for for a long time spray enix never did it well they made that Uh, nasgoth game that everyone everyone loved Oh, yeah, that was something. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call Legacy of Kane like a horror game. Yeah, but I'd still like to see it brought back. Or, well, it's weird because like Legacy of Kane is very different from Soul Reaver. So, right, uh, they could do it, but it'd just be a challenge, I think. Yeah, certainly. Um, I'm surprised that like Capcom. I mean, it's not really a horror game. It has some horror elements in it, but like. I'm surprised with like how Ghost of Tsushima has done well that that Kakamas and try to bring back uh, Onibusha. I actually talked about but, that in a recent yeah. column about yeah like abandoned horror or abandoned Capcom franchises. Yeah, and that it was one of them for sure. Yeah, like I don't you think, would the, think that they 
I think it's all like Dino Crisis, where like the last one didn't sell well particularly. So right, like, yeah, screw it. I was like, ah, we don't want to go through that right now. So what? Let's let's not. Um, let's end things as we uh, usually do here, talking about the games that are uh, coming soon. Uh, unfortunately, just to let people know that are going to be listening, there's not going to be a video version because I screwed up and should have known better. Um, I do want to thank the one Twitch person that was actually being part of the show and giving us questions. Uh, you are awesome, sir. Thank you so much. Um, and to that guy, we'll hunt you down and kill you. Eh, well, I don't know if we want to <laughs> say that. But, yeah. Um, so, what's obviously a lot of the talk has been about uh, Last of Us Part 1. Uh, remaster, remake, whatever that came out. Um, so I'm sure y'all have seen all the chatter online and everything. Uh, but what's coming out in the next week that we're uh, going to be here and it'll be, there's uh, the NBA 2K23. This week comes out um, the day after we're posting this here. Uh, Splatoon 3 as well. So if you're not the the NBA type, you can go play some Splatoon. That has some uh, pretty thing. weird reviews. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of love for that game and a lot of like, oh, they played it safe and uh, whatever with that. So interesting on on that one. Um, Freedom Planet 2 is one I've been waiting for this game, but I'm not going to play it on PC. I will wait till whenever it is that they're going to do the console versions. <laughs> And uh, that I'm sure that that Nobody Saves the World expansion will be good. Uh, the first, the original game was great. Uh, one of the early, early games of that came out this year that Nelsie will probably forget. Definitely, you should give it uh, its due. Um, so that being said, I don't know if there's. Uh, did you watch that episode three of She-Hulk? Or yep. What'd you think? <laughs> I enjoyed it. You know, like, I definitely, th- I think I saw someone post that this is a series that they could literally just keep doing. And because they could just do cameos, they could literally have this thing go on for like seasons. You know, I am not an avid uh, Megan the Stallion fan, but I thought her cameos was funny. Yeah, I don't know. What'd you think? I didn't like the cameo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think I'm. They have done a very poor job in that show of introducing the side characters or making them interesting at all. Like the only side character that's like has a personality is like the asshole lawyer guy. Yeah. And I say, like, that's a problem. Like her best friend is like just best friend. It's in is like she has Yeah, like, it's no, like token best friend. Uh and like, that's it. Like the, the the other lawyer guy is like possible love interest, but he has like zero personality. Right. And they, yeah. They introduced the other female lawyer, and she had like one line to say, and that was it. And then she like walked away. So, yeah, I I'm not sure if I like I, how the show is constructed. Essentially, yeah, it's definitely more about the cameos. Like they're building that around like the whatever the the central you know um, whoever's going to be the one that has the case. Yeah, right? I like I liked all yeah. the. Uh, Tim Roth stuff, Abomination, and I really love Benedict Wong. Looked like he was having fun. Oh yeah, so, Wong was was great. I love that. I, I, I always love that actor. But like, 
I think I saw the show, like, when they pitched the show, it was supposed to be, like, Ally McBeal. It's like, but, like, the superhero version. And it's like, if that's the case, they have really fucked that up. Because, like, from the start, Ally McBeal had, like, every character had, like, self, like, a personality or, you know, characteristics. And right. in this show, it's, they don't do that. Like, part of that is, like, the episode length is too short. Like, it's 26 minutes or a half hour. And yeah. I don't think that's enough time. But they also haven't done enough like legwork to actually like make any anything else happen. No, I agree. Um, I don't like. I I'm like still... it mainly. You know, she's a. I really like her as um. Yeah, that's a, that's Tatiana the problem. As a, as a actress. Yeah, um, I have that orphan black show. I guess I should watch it at some point. Yeah, I keep telling all I you know because I watch it at work with some people, and I keep saying. Uh, you know, if you like her at all, I definitely think you should check out um, yeah, Orphan Black because she is fantastic in that show. And, you know, I wouldn't judge her just on what she does here in She-Hulk. Um, I, I mean, I think she does good for the role. Yeah. Uh, but she's not, like, stretching herself necessarily, or it's not... Right, but it's a comedy also. It's not supposed to be something that you're stretching yourself. And I don't blame it on her. Um, right. I, I agree like, with you. Like it's the people around her or not. Well, like Orphan Black, she has like nine different, nine different other clones to like you know. Yeah, and all different. And, then, and that's a drama too. Like it, it you know, yeah. it's a different kind of show. Um, but like, yeah, yeah like I said, the the problem with but, like the, the cameo, the 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 hero characters are the ones that have like carried that show. Really, right? Like Tim Roth and Bruce, you know, the Bruce Banner Hulk. Uh, appearances like that is what's really carried that show, and and it's like, I, if that's yeah. the case, fine. But then dump the side characters that don't matter at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or like, you gotta have the you gotta have the paralegal, all right? But 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 yeah. like, uh, Titania <laughs> or the Jamila Jamil was supposed to is like second build in the show, and she had yeah. one line. She's appeared and, once, yeah, yeah, and she had one line in one episode, and that was that. That's been it, and it's like okay. Yeah, we'll nice definitely have to see, you know, because the new episode's basically out right now as we record this, so. Oh, I also hated the, uh, I mean, the lawyer guy, the asshole lawyer is, like, such a joke or such a caricature, but I actually hated the female, like, elf, like, the old elf that was, like, yeah. messing with them. It's like, right. what is this character? Like, it had, like, what, is, it was such a weird thing that I'm like, what did this fall out of? Or, you know, like, it's not like the scorned lover or, like, if the woman actually had a case or not. It's like... No, it's like, it's... she She's supposed to just be a nuisance. Yeah. Like, it's... That's that's what she's there to, to be a nuisance, to be annoying. It's, yeah. So it's like, well, then, are you supposed to root for the asshole lawyer then? Or, like, what? I you guess, know? right? Like, Cause, yeah, because that's, like, the weird thing is, like, so who are you supposed... In this case of elf lady versus lawyer, the lawyer's an asshole, but the elf lady is, like, Acting like she's seven years old, so who? Yeah, who do you you're supposed for? to kind of feel bad for him in a way, and then or, like it's also somebody that or she feel, knows, or feel bad for her. You know, she yeah. she didn't even say a line. She said like, "Oh, I changed my appearance to be Megan the Stallion," or "I changed my appearance because no one likes who I really am." That would have been, hey, a character arc or character information. Yeah. Instead, she's just like laughing maniacally and 
pretending to be people. Yeah, she's like, a throwaway character on the show. I mean, let's be fair. She's not right. important. It was just a, like a gag, so they could have a gag. Of right. Her, um, but uh, if that's the case, like, why why have this at all? Like, why not make an actual case against the asshole lawyer? And, you know, but they didn't do that, so... I, I'm not disagreeing with you with you there. Yeah. Uh, it's just weird. Like, I'm still watching it, uh, and I still reasonably like it, but I just find, like, how the show is kind of set up is just, like, very off-putting, or it's becoming more off-putting. But um, that's just me. I, I, the last thing is, you, you finally watched Dragon Ball Super. Yes, I did. Um, I thought it was uh, pretty good. I didn't think it was great. Um, I love I love the fact that they finally turned the page on Goku and you know whatever you know we've we've been it seems like we're embracing like okay this is the new generation right um, which they needed to do <laughs> they needed to do that for a while now quite honestly um, uh, I like the joke with the oh I finally beat Kakarot and right right at the end or like, yeah. I, uh, Piccolo getting a a new thing was awesome, it, like yeah, and, and and go on for that matter, and go on too, right? Yeah, uh, Pan obviously was super cute, and you know I I love that they little you know they did the whole redeeming thing at the end with her. Um, I thought the gammas were good too. Um, My yeah. only problem with yeah. the movie really is Cell. I thought it was. That was a very bad character. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of like what. I don't. Yeah. I don't mind Cell coming back as like a, an idea or like a concept. But what they should have done is have Magenta put his mind inside Cell. Yeah, I didn't like that he was just like, oh, this is a big, big brute character, and that's right. Kinda and it. He, he had no personality. He had like less of a personality than Broly, you know. Yeah. So at, at least Mag- Broly has like the backstory to go with that, and like. You yeah, know, he had, why he gets angry and all that. Right. You know? Yeah. See, I think if they put Magenta inside of Cell, you know, his brain or whatever, that would have been an interesting. He would have been conniving, but then it would have been like, oh, now I'm super powerful. Like, not instead of just. Not, oh, oh, oh. Like, right. Yeah. The whole movie was just him making faces and screaming. Like, yeah. Like, uh... That was my only, like, real criticism of the movie, though, as far as, like, actual story yeah i i like that they took something from like dragon ball the the original dragon ball and like brought that back and we're able to kind of iterate on that and just actually make some of these characters that have kind of just been they're important but they're not necessarily oh yeah most of these characters are b tier even c tier yeah like i i did really appreciate everyone dunking on krillin though yeah, that was great. Like, uh, the funny what part are you is, do? <laughs> I mean, the funny part though is like he's like the most powerful human, you know. Yeah, he's not like on the level of Gohan or Piccolo, but still, like, I, I love that they they uh, Boma never changes. <laughs> she got, for she cosmetic got surgery. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she would keep like tabs on the Dragon Ball so she could use them at a moment's notice for herself. <laughs> it's weird. Like, why don't she just wish for like immortality herself? You know, that just solve everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, uh, that's um. I also yeah. appreciated the yeah the fat fusion. 
yes, I appreciate that too. That was funny. <laughs> like, and they they just went with it, like they didn't have it like self correct or whatever. So, well, in the show, in the show, it doesn't that it doesn't self correct. It just it's like weighted out. So, yep. Yeah. And then like pants got blasted off. So you just use ass hanging out. <laughs> yeah. constantly. Yes. Uh, what, one last. What do you what do you think of the movie? Look, the movies look overall. I thought it I, well animated. I mean, I didn't because it wasn't I mean, what well, wasn't like see, this was like now CGI. It wasn't you know traditional anime, right? Exactly. And I agree with it. So I saw some comments that like it, everything looked pretty good except for Goku and Vegeta. Yeah, um, thankfully like, they don't play as huge a part in the right. movies. So like, they probably just haven't enough time to like work on them specifically. But like they look right. bad. Or worse than, you know, Gohan or Piccolo. Right. They probably thought, uh, they're not in the movie long enough to really focus so much on them. Yeah. Um, I was expecting that they were going to find some way to shoehorn getting them back, and I was glad that they never did. I also really loved Bullet Train, by the way. I saw that as well, and that movie is great. I watched another movie, good movie, though. Yeah. This is an old one, but I finally watched Torque. I don't think I've ever seen that good it is hysterical it out- a, no go, yeah that's how i felt about bullet train yeah it outdoes it's like a parody in like almost a meta commentary on fast and the furious but this came out in like 2004 like there's a great line in it where like the main character literally says i live my life a quarter mile at a time and another character says that's the dumbest fucking line i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> Now I have to go see this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'll send you some podcast links about it because I learned from, I learned about it from like Giant Bomb, oh, okay. and I always wanted to watch it. But it's like not hard. It's not like expensive to find, or like not expensive yeah. to buy. But I was trying to find like a used copy or something, right? And no store ever had it, ever. Damn. So I finally broke down and bought a, a new copy from Amazon. Yeah, um, Matt Smith keeps being awesome in House of Dragon, uh, even That's more awesome in this. That's show. just that Matt Smith is awesome. So, uh, yeah, no, but like the last like fifteen minutes of of episode three is like him just being freaking amazing. Uh, and what was the other Lord show of the Rings? That I, yeah, uh, I haven't. Wa- I've watched I think like ten minutes of that. The first episode, I have to actually get myself to sit down and watch it. Have you watched it or? Oh no. Okay. I don't care enough about Lord of the Rings in the first place. Yeah, as like a pro, like I care about kind of the books, I guess the main right. ones. But I think Yen said it was like really expensive fan fiction, and I'm like, yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else are they gonna do? Like, it's you know, make make another show or make make not make a show based on another series that has actual more material. <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I agree with you on that part, but I'm just. Like, what else are they going to do with Lord of the Rings? It would have to be f- fan fiction at that point if they're not going to touch anything that happened e- in the... Easy. <laughs> Nothing. Don't do anything more with Lord of the Rings. It's done. We'll see. I wonder if it's going to do well for Amazon, enough for them to keep greenlining it, I guess. So, I think uh, it'll do well for them, regardless of how well it actually does. They will find a way to spin it to make it sound like it's the greatest success ever, even if it's not. <laughs> That is one thing I will appreciate about Amazon. They don't go around like Netflix and tell you, "Oh, it did two hundred million thousand views in its first like week," and "Oh my god!" and, it, like, and it, then it know. got canceled, <laughs> right? Like, so 
I appreciate that they just kind of like just either the thing got canceled or it didn't. And that's how you know that it was a success for Amazon. Like that's that's kind of it for them. Yeah. Um, to be fair, they are pretty good about like, okay, this show did not do well. well we're not going to sit there and give it another season to see if it works. Like, not like Netflix. So we'll, we'll go ahead and give it another season and then... No, Netflix has gotten really cutthroat about that lately, yeah. or, you know, the yeah. past two years. Like, look at uh, Cowboy Bebop. Well, Cowboy Bebop, that was just... That actually did well for them. Yeah, and then they like, still canceled it. Yeah, they so. still canceled so I don't know. <laughs> I think they just saw the negativity, and they were like, ah, I'm not going to deal with this. But then we're going to keep doing more live-action anime, so I don't understand that either. A second yeah. Death Note thing. I was like, yeah. all right. I, I still don't get the whole doing the One Piece slab action, but whatever. Bring back uh, Emmy Rossum and Justin Chatwin for Dragon Ball City live action. Oh, no, no. So that's it for um, this week's episode. Uh, we will be back next week, and we'll have plenty to talk about because we'll have all those big events that happened. Um, the D23, the Disney Marvel thing, the the Ubisoft Forward, all of that. I'm mean, sure there's something else that I'm forgetting at this moment uh, that will have happened by then. So definitely we'll be back next week with plenty to talk about. Until then, folks, uh, we'll see you all later. Later.